0: Hey, all right. Welcome to the Big Story Podcast. I'm Alex Morrissey. Um, It's just me today. So fantastic. Um, And we have an amazing guest. Mark Lamming has joined us. Oh my gosh. And it's not just me.
1: It's Ah, (laughs) just when you thought it was safe. It's just when I thought it was safe. (laughs) Thank goodness.
0: Mark, welcome. I love your towers of books. I'm I'm uh, there's
2: that. far too many of them in too small a space.
0: I know. It's like you are you're one shake of the earth away from being entombed. Uh,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Um, it it has happened on, on Zoom meetings. <laughs> do
0: you have do you have to text people like help? Send 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 the crew. dig
2: yeah. me. Out. My, my collaborator, Nate Cosby, um is convinced that I will be found under a mound of <laughs> Alex Both books.
0: Ah. That was always a fascinating subject, like, you know, living in New York City for so many years, the, the, the idea that people who were just found in these apartments, just packed full of, you know, their life, um, t- you know, sad, let's take a moment, <laughs> <laughs> I was also really fascinated by like the, the sort of the twists and turns of one's own, you know, journey, like how do you end up in that spot, um, but what a way to go. Yeah, it's
2: it's it's one Amazon, one click away.
0: That's what. Yeah, I. You, it's so funny. I remember the whole early times of like when online purchasing was becoming a thing, and the big dream was is like you could have digital articles and you could just press a button and you could order the thing that was in the you know there. This is you know the future, you know. And then yeah. it's happened, and now you're just like, one button, buy it, yeah. and it's on the way. Love the t shirt, Phil. Thank you, sir. Nice, got to represent Iron Fist. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, welcome and welcome from the UK. Um, you you live in the in a, I guess a pretty nice area of the UK as far as the- um,
2: it, it's okay. Uh, it's it's outer London suburbia. Yeah, but you know we have we have nice things like it. we've got a, a, an old palace as part of the town and an old area which is very Tudor, which is nice. That's wonderful, Phil. Don't you have a- and, the, and the rest of it is kind of like nineteen fifties Stark, sure, yeah,
1: right. yeah. Um, we we have a castle uh, right in the backyard.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I thought you guys have a castle as well in in
1: in uh in the Bronx.
0: So. <laughs> Classic Bronx castles. Actually, you just got
1: to drive upstate just just a smidge, and you, you got several castles. Brick yeah. by brick, were sent here. Yep. Yeah, right. From <laughs> yeah. your side of the pond, but I think,
0: yeah, I think they just clicked a button on Amazon and then the castle. Yeah, just right. yeah. one click. It's yeah. Dangerous. It's, it's really dangerous. It's it. a little
1: guy called Rockefeller. Just hey, yeah. the old bricks
0: this way. The Rockefellers are cruising the internet, going, "Oh, that's a lovely castle." <laughs> um, yeah, that's insane. I'll regret that tomorrow.
1: Buyer's <laughs> <laughs> remorse.
0: So what um what's what what's the latest purchase in the book pile that has, has stood out
2: out you? Oh well, let's have a look. Probably I don't, can you see that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but this is wonderful. It's um a new artist to me. Okay. Um, Vincent um Malais, and it's a fantasy book from France. Absolutely okay. superb stuff. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like when um, I went to when I went to Paris. That was like the big like thing. I was like made a beeline straight to the uh, the comic book stores in Paris because I'm like, okay, there's got to be plenty of things that I don't know about, which is quite obvious. Um, And uh, that uh, Claire Wendling is who I discovered. You know, I discovered. Yeah, thank you, world. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Good job. She just blew me away with her with her her figure work it was just gorgeous so um long yeah. live france
2: yeah i'm 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 such a big fan of of, of the european stuff
1: yeah i you got, got a, lo- a lovely small uh uh book <laughs> it does not look small <laughs> phil don't hurt yourself i got the collected uh
2: oh my gosh oh um, i have i have one of those you can kill a man with that exactly. <laughs> check that out Isn't wow. that great?
1: It's everything, my lord. All right.
0: Well, I want a full written report on that one when you're through. Oh boy, I'll yeah. do
1: a I'll do a review. How about that?
0: Okay. It, 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 but for it the channel. Be, but it has to be under fifty. It has to be under sixty seconds. <laughs> that's the rule. That's what YouTube is establishing <clears throat> for short. So oh, has it really? Yep. That's and I listen. Don't be mad at me. Just be mad at YouTube. You know how I am with rules. Oh,
1: oh, yes, yeah.
0: you don't like them. Um, so Mark. <laughs> You you know your way around a pencil, I'm just straight up, Um, and we're we're all of the same age category. So I want to know how come I didn't know about your work sooner than later. So,
2: I I, I, I've had two or three attempts into comics. Um, One when I left college, Mm I went to work for Fleetway IPC. Yeah. Revolver, which was one of their adult book at the time. So they had 2000 AD in the Judge Dread book, and they were doing an adult anthology as well. And I got commissioned on the last issue as they were closing, pretty much as they were closing the doors. And I mean, it was great because I met some wonderful people, you know, like Peter Hogan um, and I became very good friends after that. But he was always, I'm sorry, we went bust. Right? (laughs) So I I went away and sulked for a while and and was a graphic designer for a few years. Then um, in the 2000s, I came back um, after having been in bands and being a a graphic designer, um, wanting to get back to the thing I actually enjoyed. You know, you sit there and think, what am I doing? You know, I'm, I'm doing this awful work that I don't like i uh-huh. playing in bands and we're not getting anywhere. What would I actually want to do? And it was like, it's always been comics. Right. So I, I set about um, self-publishing for a while and then set my, um, my sites squarely on DC and went and worked exclusively with them for three years at Vertigo.
0: Uh-huh. There you go. That makes, and so this is, I guess, early 2000s?
2: Yeah, that Bang on then. And I was lucky enough to be working with Howard Chaikin, who I was oh man, you know, my, my favorite writer, my favorite um, artist at the time, and and all-round great guy.
0: Man, Chaikin was such a mind blower, you know, growing up for, for for us, like that guy just just kicking the doors open on all sorts of kind of interesting ideas. I mean, American flag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, everything in that's great. It, it, I mean, it, it was so interesting because I remember, like, you know, he, you know, he used the 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 sort of the um, the part that you know he, he sort of built built words around Plex, and yeah. they weren't. It wasn't being used around at the time. Like things weren't called the Metroplex or the you know the the movie Plex, or whatever. and then it started happening, and I was like, oh my god, like this guy could predict the future, <laughs> and. But that book, that book, man, I I read that book religiously. That was such a really influential book.
2: Yeah, e- even in times when I couldn't afford comics, it was that and Cerebus I would be buying. Right, and, you know, I'd still find my way to the store to get those two.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it, the book, the books that really kind of grab us as, as kids. They're, they yeah. There's like this, this sort of thing, this thought. Like you know, we sort of peak like at twelve. Oh like, yeah, like our, our interest level <laughs> peaks at twelve. And we're like, okay, we're we poured the concrete. Let's move on, you know. And it, it, you know, you can find obviously find. It's not that you you stick with the same bands. It's that like you fell in love with music. Yeah, um, you know, like Kiss will always be like this wonderful band in my heart. You know, and because that was the band that I was like, ooh, like rock and roll. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so so I mean, but so you were like, but as a kid, so I mean, it was so you were into comics, like. As
2: no, I, I can't remember a time when I wasn't reading comics. So they were my mum, dad, for you know, typical sort of um, middle class family at the time, mm-hmm. were really into me reading, and it didn't matter what it was, it, mm-hmm. as long. As, so comics, if if that was what was getting me reading, were provided and. I read everything from Disney comics through to, you know, the, the when Marvel first came over in the UK in the early seventies and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, war comics. I, I'd read anything. Yeah. You know, I was the kid that would sit and read the cereal packet right. because <laughs> you know I had to be engaged with something. Yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> how, how was that? How was that seen uh, at that at that time uh, with American comics coming over? Like well, you, uh, England was it was it like a you know you, like uh was it welcomed or was it like a
2: you know it, it, well they were definitely seen as being super cool okay um, you, you had the same sort of university um crowd that were really into you know um silver surfer and dr strange like you did in the, the 60s right. in america so that you know and conan was very very popular with with older boys and um but we had a, a really good culture in the UK of of comics. There were hundreds out every week. Yeah, so you had humour type anthologies. You had war books, sport books. It's very like Japan. In that you know, there were there were books for all tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd have a book about a guy who wore an old footballer's boots and could magically score goals every week. Yeah, you know, called Billy's Boots. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> You know, another story called Paddy McGinty's Goat about an, a shape-changing alien that that chose to be a goat. <laughs> um, you know, that, that, this, this stuff was wonderful, cool. was wonderful and, uh, along with short two-to-one-page um, gag strips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And even the, the Marvel stuff, when it came over, and it wasn't the, the stuff that had been shipped over as ballast imports, so we had our own british marvel stuff which was what richard was talking about right uh, having worked on so it would be like 10 pages maybe of a captain america story the same of a a a fantastic four issue and maybe then three pages of the defenders all wrapped up in a an anthology oh okay all in black and white with um terrible covers drawn by british artists that's so
0: that's so interesting Uh that they were black and white because that's a huge like because it's a, such a, you know, because artwork wasn't done to be in black and white. So right. that's, that's really interesting. That so it must have kind of changed your changed the experience of the story in some fashion.
2: Well, when I first found the American ones in in in, in at newsstands, one they were expensive, but two they were you know eye poppingly um, in color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the first ones that I picked up were. Um, Things like Marvel Triple Action and stuff like that, and then when the Star Wars books started hitting, that was when I, I you know, just had to have the American version as well as the British. one.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are amazing books.
2: Yeah, that was. I mean, again, that takes us back to Chaykin because I still <clears throat> think that first issue, although he hates the work he did on that, is really? some of the most exciting looking comics ever.
0: Dave, I, I, I had. I think I had like every issue of that star wars run probably up into the 70s you know as a kid
2: we would have
1: like three packs that you yep. could get in uh in supermarkets and i would like i don't care if i have that already i i need that again well, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's just swap that three pack mom
2: Well, those, yeah, we, had, <laughs> we had those in the 80s and they were, they were called marvel grab bags when we got when we were, oh okay yeah um, and then you had that, that that middle one you're like
1: yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. maybe the middle one might be really cool or the invaders or can we grab garbage <laughs>
2: Man, i, lo- I love the invaders i love <laughs> the invaders I, I do now it took me a long time to love frank robbins but i i love his oh style. yeah
0: i had this thing in the 70s i loved frank robbins and frank springer artwork and like the franks um yeah, the and franks. like it was robbins who did <clears throat> oh, i'm gonna get this i know i'm gonna get this wrong so i accept that i'm wrong already but didn't robbins do the human fly Phil?
2: That was Frank Spit.
0: Uh, Damn it. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, different Frank. I was right because I knew I was going to be wrong.
2: Is that fair? I have that one of those one pages
1: of, up there. Yeah. One of the, the, the
2: <laughs> first books I could get a number one of. Oh, really? Day. Yeah, so that was kind of exciting. So,
0: I, so I, blew, I blew Phil's mind, what was it, like two, three years ago, Phil, when I sent you the video of the real human fly. Oh, yeah,
1: the real human fly. Like <laughs> it was a licensed comic book.
0: I had no idea it was licensed. I'm yeah, like, I was like, what?
1: Yeah, That's
0: yeah I, can, I
2: can remember it being reported on on UK news about him coming over to the UK to do stuff, and he had oh. a comic book. I mean,
0: and we should have figured it out. I mean, he had like that sort of that
2: pseudo Elvis shortcake meets, meets uh, Evil Knievel Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was a. It was uh, the yeah, pub we pub. had real superheroes that were on our tellies in in the seventies. You know, you had Evil Knievel You yeah, had sure. Charlie. You had the Human Fly.
0: Yeah, you know,
2: we actually had superheroes.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, that's a, That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it wasn't it was this, you know, there was enough mystery still left in the world that you could get away with that kind of I mean, like Kiss, for example, there's a band, yeah. that you know, like, who are these
1: mysterious musicians, you know, um, it was kind of exciting because we didn't know. There was only one you could figure out what he really looked like without the makeup on. Who? Uh, uh, uh Paul Stanley. Really? Because you put the mirror up. So oh, because he didn't have the black on one side, right? So you put the mirror up like this, and then you yeah. see the reflection of the other side. Sense. No, and, and there's sense. and there's Paul Stanley. I'm going to get him on the show. I'm going to. Get him <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about that.
0: So so you, so I mean, so you like, I mean, like all of us, you're like you you're an inveterate, you know, scribbler, drawing, and just doing yeah. stuff. You know, I'm I listen, I copied so many comic book drawings and sort of lived for that kind of thing did like did like i mean you said you went out of university you went you know into the comic business in the in you know in, in the uk so like was this like your sort of like your your mindset or was this something that it was an opportunity
2: it was no it was something i i i can remember standing up when we were asked when we were must have been eight or nine about what we were going to do when we left school mm-hmm. i remember saying i was going to work for marvel comics
0: oh Okay, that's pretty specific.
2: Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> Game on, go.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that must have made you look either really cool or horrible amongst your schoolmates.
2: Yeah, I, I think I probably looked horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: it's okay. We all did. I wrote that. I wrote be a comic book artist as well in my. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going to do in ten, ten years, or where
2: will you be? You were thirty-two.
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: that's impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it took until my 40s, but I did work for him. <clears throat> you know, like... right. Well, that's, I, I, I was
0: thinking about, like, well, he said he went to D.C., so, like, it took a while to, to make your childhood dream come true, but he yeah. did it. Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. So, like, I mean, like, who were, like, I mean, like, who were the artists when you were, like, I guess, I mean, were the artists that you were sort of inspired and influenced by as a kid, were they the same ones that you carried into your professional ranks, or did you toss aside, you know, Somebody.
2: There are some that you you toss aside. I mean, John Byrne, I still love, but there's no influence of his work. Yeah. In the line. Mm. Um.
0: That's a. I think that's a. I, that might be pretty common.
2: Yeah. You know. Um. Prob- probably John B. the same, mostly for his Conan stuff. But there's mm-hmm. loads of British stuff, like Frank Bellamy and. <clears throat> um, oh God, the names completely. Frank Hampson, who uh, more Franks um who um who did Dan dare like again oh, work oh, I dare. Really love but i i don't see a lot of it in my work
1: right right
2: yeah but, you know, i've got collection after collection well i mean it's funny because we, we all like we, we
0: cumulatively say oh well you know jack kirby's the king of comic books you know but like he really doesn't influence directly much in the terms of like guys people creating artwork right now like that that sort of direct influence disappeared somewhere somewhere in the 70s um
2: i think i was more influenced actually in terms of how i saw the world by scooby-doo which later on you then find is alex Tove. yeah yeah and, and that's that was you know well <clears throat> i don't draw like him it, it's in my mind yeah but it's that's where i'm trying to get to
0: I, 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 somebody posted that the other day and I answered the, you know, the five 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 artists that influence you, you know, in their, your work. And I kind of, I did a rank choice factor, but like Toth was number two in the list for me, mostly because his name's Alex, but otherwise, <laughs> um, no, I mean, but Toth, like it really, so much of it comes back to Toth it, it, on, this, yeah. on this sort of storytelling and clarity aspect of, of you know of comic book artwork that really is like okay if you need to study one thing well just look at that guy's artwork and you'll figure it out yeah you do it all yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I, I, it's Kevin Gil Kane for me
0: oh man oh, Gil Kane. I
2: always yes. like Gil Kane
0: I don't think anybody could draw figures as, as, as interestingly yeah, it, as Gil it, Kane. It's,
2: it's not comics you know. yeah
0: and I can totally see you know it's funny now that you say that I'm like oh like I can totally see there. There's like well, not that, some of your work. that there's 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 like the figure work. I, I can see the Kane stuff. Like I mean, this this dynamic figure. You know, like he just there was no. It was fearlessness that I always felt in Kane's. Well, like Gil,
1: Gil Kane loved this angle.
0: Oh, oh yeah, i
2: a big too. It's a, the, up no Is the up the, up the, the nose, nose shot. The up the
0: nose shot was the Gil Kane special. Yeah, just give it the Kane. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's it, it's I mean that guy that guy really was just he he and um, Jose Luis García Lopez I think are like the yeah, two. yeah
2: that, that's a big influence.
0: Yeah, like those it, that I can see as well. I can so see that because there – you can kind of draw a line from him to toth as well like yeah, Lopez sure. to toth. and but like that figure work and the complexity like you do these incredibly incredibly complex. You know, panel layouts or group panels, like, like that's Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. You have to say his whole name. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. And it's it, it's it's insane. But so I can I can totally see that, like in the in the in your work. Um,
2: uh, uh, yeah. Look, Al Williamson as well. You know that he's a really big influence. Yeah, uh, and again, it's that thing of from seeing his work and. <clears throat> um Lopez's work and Gil Kane. I can't stop myself when it comes to detail because I've seen what they put on the page and mm-hmm. I expect to see that.
0: It's you know it's so funny because like you know I, you know Phil and I you know we've known each other for a million years in a day. And I I don't draw that much anymore, but when I do like I can't stop myself like from putting <laughs> detail down. Like i like I'm like I would love to be like there, this, you know, and be like, like be like Mignola and just be like, that's huh. the idea of a thing, just take it. And, but it's like, nope, I gotta like, I gotta like, hey, you know what? I mean, like you can't have a, like a pouch made out of leather that's not sewn. It has to yeah. be sewn. <laughs> we have got to see that stitching. And then I we- don't gotta know
2: exactly how that robot works. Yeah, yeah for sure. Got <laughs> like, a
0: little clasp on it. Right, yeah, you know. I,
2: mean,
0: I could just draw a thing and write robot, you know? And people go, that's a robot, you know?
2: So, ugh. um I mean, I quite often post layouts, and people go, I those are finished pages. And I'm yeah, like, you're joking. Yeah, <laughs> I like, like I haven't even
1: started. I know? wish I could be more like that, uh, to be honest.
2: And <laughs> it's all the same area. The job would be done in, in two weeks. It would right. no time. Do you, I mean, but like with that here, so this is an interesting question.
0: Uh, you can be the judge of that. But it makes me think, like, do you find any sort of, like, real interesting magic and maybe some lost magic in your layouts to your final? Or- oh, always.
2: Yeah. The, the, the mm. layouts are always the most exciting part and the best part because you haven't ruined them yet. Right. <laughs> you can still see that amazing page that's in your head. Yep. You haven't made the mistake of one arm being a bit in the wrong place or an eye being a bit chunky you know you haven't done you haven't committed it any further than a nice gestural drawing
0: i'm oh man like do you know do you know who howard porter is yes yeah yeah so howard and i have been long buddies for a long time and um this is back in the 90s and we were like you know we were we were phone girlfriends in the 90s and we were like talking and like we were just back with fax machines so we'd fax each other stuff and he would fax me his layouts and they were just so cool. Like, because he's he's very much a detail-oriented artist, very, you know, like wants to do some real great fine line work. And that would look at these layouts. I'm like, can you do a page like this? Cause it was just so exciting. And he's like, he's like, nah, I, I just can't. Like, this is where I like, I get the ideas. And I'm like, I, I get it because mm. there's this thing where you're like, okay, I've got something, but then you just need to like, you're like some sort of like producer in a studio. And you're like, you know what this needs? I think we need an orchestra over here, and um, I don't know, 17 more guitars. <laughs> Let's try it, you know? have it
1: on my desk in the morning,
0: yeah. Um, but th- so that goes to the other thing, like, uh, is that like, so then you get this, you have this layout, and you're really excited, and it's a perfect page in your head. And then you, you, you had said, mentioned before we started that you know, you're going to be might be up late tonight, so we apologize. Um, it's a long goddamn day drawing comic books.
2: If it wasn't comics, I wouldn't do it. You know, I, I just—I I don't know why I love them. Yeah, I, do. I, I, I you know, like um, you, <clears throat> in the Richard Starkings interview, you know, somebody called him a lifer, and I completely understand. Right. Yeah, you know, they got me at an early age, and nothing else is as much fun.
1: Right. Yeah. I feel the same way, dude. Even,
2: yeah. Even when you're working with like a. a a script you're not really that happy with, or you've got a, a ridiculous deadline of, of you know twenty pages in two weeks or something. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's still better than doing advertising. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There is a, there's an amazing upside to so much so much of it. Um
1: Yeah, I yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I think I'd rather have the challenge of hitting those 20 pages in that time frame than a sales goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like That's I had true. that stack of pages in front of me. I'm like, I'm going to get this. Yeah. But it's like, you're going to hit this sales. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no,
0: nobody
1: really enjoy nobody. Uh, nobody else who gets
0: to enjoy that sales goal. There are, people, think, there are some no, people. There's no, some I mean, like, but when you hit it, nobody, like there isn't a group of people out there. Oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh. Sales goal. Yeah. The
1: boss
2: yeah and then he goes next next do it again i was gonna (laughs) run around the room with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) doing this. it's hard to also put that up on instagram too you know yeah Uh, Um, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it's it's i mean but i mean and it's really weird because it's such a it is such a solitary pursuit you know you are really kind of stuck in your little space doing your thing staying focused on on this you know relatively thankless task at, at many times. I'm trying not to have a stack of books fall on you. Yes. I know, <laughs> at, at the, the same, same time. <laughs> hard hat. You could yeah. go you could get a hard hat. That would be helpful. <laughs> that would work. Yeah. What do you I mean like what's your like so I mean you're you're working you you're working digitally now, right? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that happened when I was working on a graphic novel for for Ubisoft. And the game that I, we the the um the graphic novel was based on, kept on changing the models. Mm. And it would be, can you just change those eight pages you've finished because we've de-aged the character. (laughs) We're not having that in the game anymore. Mm. The pages were were literally like just big gouges out of them. And it was, right, I'm going to go out. With the advance I've got, I'm going to buy myself a Cintiq and just work. Digitally, I don't know if it's any. I don't think it's any faster. Right. It's just less annoying.
1: Yeah. How how quickly were you able to adapt to that uh, change? Is Pretty.
2: That, pre, um.
1: that's Cintiq, I can't even. I
2: think um, in terms of drawing was fine. It was it was inking that took me a long time to get something consistent.
1: Uh, I, yeah.
2: I felt that it was, a, if I was work say working on a cover, that was easy. Across a page. If you zoomed in too much, you could go too small on a line, or mm. conversely, you go too fat on a line. Right, you'd get something which looked blur. Yeah,
1: you... can't, mm.
2: I think you can?
0: I, I think you can set parameters on your zoom. Like you can't zoom in past a certain percentage, which probably would help that. Um, the the also the, the generation of our eyeballs doesn't. Yeah, that was also
2: um, very useful because I can remember. Going to, I think it was about seven years ago. Going to New York, I had a bag full of commissions I needed to ink the day before the show, mm-hmm. and I pulled out the paper and was like, "I can't see what I've drawn." Yeah, <laughs> But it was anyway, quickly ran, ran off to um, the pharmacy to go and buy some try, you know, try as many pairs of glasses on. Uh, yeah.
0: oh my gosh yeah it's it's been the last yeah you know, it's funny i think when we started this podcast i wasn't wearing readers on all a the time regular basis and now like i can't like if i take them off it's like you guys look like you're 23 um so we'll take them off <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's, it's crazy because it, it's like, and it go it's like that, it's just that 50 year mark, man. Like, it's like, yeah, that if, oh, okay, time to, time to, you need to help. Well, um, I've always to,
2: been the kid that had 20, 20 vision up to that point, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. I, I, mean, I blame the computers because my work, you know, for the last 20 plus years has been strictly on the computer. And I think that just exacerbated any sort of, you know, issues mm-hmm. in the eyeballs. Um, do you miss the blank paper page no no okay
2: no, not at all okay um, um even when i'm doing commissions now i'll pencil that on the cintiq print it out blue line and then i can go in and i don't feel like i'm it's going to be a disaster it's almost like um you know i, I put as many things in um, place before i start that i'm not going to ruin it
0: okay uh. That's right. I, I, I get it. I, <clears throat> I switched. I mean, I, I, oh, I bought a Cintiq, I don't know, 2000, like maybe 10 years ago, I think was the first time I bought one. Um, you know, as I, I, I do graphic design work. So I'm like, well, this is, this is justifiable. Right. So I bought it. And, um, <laughs> and it it speeds things up. I mean, you really do feel like you're kind of working with, uh, the subject that you're, you're using, but when it came to like drawing, like I was like, oh, no one's, no work when we look around I'm like Let me do some drawing it it's great like it's such a great tool um and i you know and i've sw- i purchased um clip studio a, few, a couple of years ago and man i i i love it i love it more than i like photoshop for drawing it, Yeah,
2: you uh, see, i've used photoshop since photoshop started and i kind of feel that you know it would mean to to learn something as well as I know Photoshop, mm-hmm. again, um, would just be something where I, I, I can't see, foresee a time while I have the time to to yeah, yeah. invest in it.
0: I th- I just I I the the thing that I like about it is that it's purpose built for comic books, and the tools are. M- they're just directly applicable to to what we need and like so the the pencil lines feel more like pencils the the, you know the ink lines are a little more directly like inking um but the only thing i don't think it's as good as for coloring i still think coloring might be a little half the edge uh, on the photoshop side
2: yeah i've used it two or three times i got bullied into buying it by dave gibbons Um, (laughs) um, who is an unstoppable man when he gets enthusiastic about something okay yeah,
1: that'd be pretty cool to be bullied by, so.
2: Oh, he, he's been, since, since, since I've, entered, okay, yeah. I've entered comics, I, I was known as London to him for years because he couldn't under uh, my name, but I, I was nearer London than he was. So it was like, I was known as London. That's,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, that's great.
2: Now that's, so, the, so the, I mean, uh, let me wanna circle
0: back to his sort of influences since you brought Gibbons up. I mean, were any of the UK, like the big artists, you know? the. I, think, the, I
2: mean, Dave is definitely an influence. Yeah. Um, Steve Dillon definitely. Oh yeah, I've, I've never seen anybody draw as well as he does. Just sitting next to him, I mean, the, it was literally brain to, to paper, no construction.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, incredible. You know, I, I had the, the joy of sitting next to him at the San Diego, where he was just sketching and sketching, and I, in the time that I'd done one terrible sketch he produced like three or four wonderful things that he was just giving out to
0: people. Wow. Yeah. that's. Isn't it? Isn't that like, I mean, it's an interesting thing that, that sort of that early time of like doing the live sketches, you know, at, at cons, like there is this, it's a really rusty kind of beginning point. Like where, you, yeah. you know, it, it's because you're not in your spot, you're not doing your thing, you know, you don't have your music the way you normally like your music or whatever the stuff is.
2: The lighting's really bad.
0: Oh, yeah. You get yeah, shadowed. Yeah. You're like, ah. Yeah. It's it's a whole it's a whole lot of stuff. But there does come a point when you kind of start getting your, your – your, your, I don't know. The, but I feel like you, you hit this kind of point. You're like, oh, I can actually do this again. You know? <laughs> By day yeah. three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: last day of New York normally is the day I do the best commissions.
0: Right. Yeah. And then the, the sad thing is is that, like, you're there and you're so busy. People are talking to you. And then you have to go back to your hotel room oh. and, like, finish your artwork so you don't know, yeah. have fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yay!
2: Um, um, I mean, as as well as Dave, Brian Bolland.
1: Yeah. Um, oh my God, Kevin O'Neill.
2: I love because he's just so bizarre. Yep. Um, but well,
0: Jamie Hewlett.
2: Oh, J- Jamie Hewlett was with my last year at college. Deadline came out.
0: Oh, okay, great.
2: Changed everything because yeah. it, it was it was suddenly like this stuff is bananas. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it had that Hanna-Barbera look about it, but it had something else, and it was, and the stories were bonkers. You know, there was no, no nothing logical about Tank Girl. No.
0: And nothing.
2: then you had Philip Bond doing his really beautifully considered Wide World stuff, which was yeah. like Love and Rockets, you know. It, mm. Yeah.
1: That,
2: that stuff was right. And you had Steve Dillon doing his adventure strips and Brett Ewins doing what Brett Ewins does. And it was... Plus, it was really punk rock and it covered really good bands. Mm-hmm. And it was everywhere. You could get it in every newsagent. It was fantastic. You know, like Warrior before it, which was... I don't know if you... Have you ever seen Warrior magazine? I don't think so. No. That's no. what Viva um, no. Vendetta came from. Oh. Miracle Man. Um, oh, what else did Alan Moore have in that? But it was where... Alan Moore basically became the the godhead that he is. Okay. And Mm -hmm. he had people like Gary Leach drawing Miracle Man, which was just incredible stuff. And then Alan Davis came on after that on the book, being inked by uh, Gary Leach. And that was just amazing stuff.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. If you haven't seen that, that's, if you can find it at shows, it's worth picking up.
0: Okay. That's a great, that's a great one. Yeah. I, those, I mean, I know those individual pieces, but I've never seen them in as you know in a in a collected book or yeah.
2: It was similar to to like your Savage Sword of Conan kind of size magazine, you know. And and then the big one has always been Barry Windsor Smith, you know Barry. Yeah, Yeah,
1: my favorite. As I refer to him (laughs) as Rob,
0: the Robert Plant of comic books. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. No one was a bigger rock god than he was.
0: No, there 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 hadn't been, and there never it was. I mean, he is it. Like he's Mm -hmm. the guy. I think
2: Paul Pope gets close, but he's he's just not quite as rock and roll as Barry Smith
0: is. If if Paul Pope could walk around two two things. Shirt, unbuttoned all the way down to the to the (laughs) One. To walk around with a T-shirt with your own goddamn name on it, yeah. those are the two things you can do, because that's what he did and it worked. Yeah.
1: He had a shirt with his own name on it.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't see that. Yeah, there's a, the, <laughs> that's the, the, amazing. He his, his <laughs> I love him hungry.
2: wearing the cool, Blimey Press ones as well, and that's yeah.
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah, and nice.
2: all the guys who were in the studio, I think, are fantastic. Oh you know, yeah. That's 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 my my. That, that's where i'm trying to be do you know what i mean i don't think i'll right. get there but it's 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 where you you're aiming at did you oh. ever did you ever work in a studio um in te- no only um a small graphic design studio
0: right no i'm just curious i'm just curious because i mean that like that that was a thing you know that was a thing sort of in the 90s was a bunch of you know artists were you know of, my, of you know my peer group and age you know everybody had studios so like there was a bunch of people who all had like we're here and we're doing this we're making comics so um you know gaijin studio was like probably yeah. the biggest here in the, in the in the states for a while but um yeah it's i mean it's fun working with a bunch of people it's exciting um, yeah i
2: can imagine i've been been offered um places if i move over to come be at some a few people's studios phil,
0: phil will have you phil's sure. sure yeah he loves that he loves <laughs> he loves more people in his apartment <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm one of those small space guys we were talking about yeah earlier. yeah um everything on top of everything else
0: yeah so i mean like did you like i mean you went to you went to I mean, you went to university did you study art in university or art graphic design or uh, what was
2: graphic it? design and illustration and then yeah. they, in the second year they decided that i was a stronger designer than i was a, an illustrator and bearing in mind this is 1987 and the art that's being produced isn't very figurative in terms of illustration for magazines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was told that my work looked like it should be the painted work I was doing should have been in women's magazines. And I was thinking fantastic. That's exactly what I want to do. Right? You know, I, I, I love people like Austin Briggs and Robert Fawcett and, and sure, you know, Al Parker, you know, and so they weren't insulting me. They thought they were, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, the only way I could get away with doing illustration on the graphics course was to do comics again. Oh, okay. So I went back to comics and I did a short graphic novel in the second year, and then I adapted um, Ian Banks' *The Wasp Factory* in my final year as a as a big. Project that took me near enough the whole year. Oh wow! Um, and it, it didn't serve me well in terms of results at college, but it did get me work afterwards. So it was, okay. And it's, well, I. That, so I mean, like, I mean, how many how many pages was that
0: for you to, to produce?
2: I, I did. I I think I did. I didn't finish the whole thing, but there was about fifty pages. Okay. And, all, and that was all painted, because. Okay. You had Um. That was at the point where Dave McKean had just brought out violent cases and um, mm. Black Orchid and Bill Sinkovich was being brilliant. Sure. So it was so very much more in that style of things than than how I work now.
0: Yeah, I think we were all high on Electro Assassin for at least three oh, years. God, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, like it was like the high watermark of like what you could do and yeah, yeah it was it was ridiculous. Um so, okay, yeah, because I mean but I mean, your your sort of your growth arc must have been really interesting from the beginning of those pages to the end of those pages.
2: Oh yeah, they're very very different. I think I only showed the last ten pages in my final show. Yeah, everything else is in the portfolio. But <laughs>
0: right. and that's the rest over there. But let's just yeah. the <laughs> um, there's so I mean when you're go so when you're going off to go show you know to show your shop your work around. I mean. You know, the the US market of comics is very, you know, sort of channeled. You know, you're a writer, you're a penciler, you're an inker, you're a letterer, you're a colorist. Like, it seems to me that the UK is a little bit like, we need to get the comic done, do as much of it as you can possibly do. Yeah. I like,
2: mean, it's something like Dave Gibbons, he, w- he was penciling, inking, coloring, and lettering his work.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. You
2: know, I, I, so... I went in thinking that one, you had to be able to letter, you had to be able to ink, you had to be able to pencil. And probably because Simon Bisley and um, Dave McKean were making all the money, probably had to be able to paint quite well too.
1: Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So, you know, you try and you're working on all those skills at that point in time.
0: Yeah. So it left a lot of time for dating.
2: Oh, no, (laughs) no. I seem to have had managed to have a, you know, that all worked fine too. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and I was in a, a, a band that was semi-professional right. at the time. You had where the, the I, I had all that time,
0: right? All that free time, yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean it, it, the I, I mean I'm fascinated by the sort of the 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 difference between the UK market and how the the approach was compared to here. I mean I think you made a really interesting comparison to the Japanese market. I yeah, think. The, that is a pretty common sort of or at least a comparable thread between the two. There's this sort of do the whole thing. It's a vision of, you know, as sort of few creators as possible versus spreading out the production line. Um, Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I I like it. So when you went, like, when you shifted gears ultimately in the 2000s, came back into it and you like, I'm going to go work for DC. How did you approach that?
2: together a portfolio every four months and went flew over to America and did conventions. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you know, invested the money I was making as a designer into mm-hmm. uh, getting in front of the right people. So I met people like Mike Carlin and um, Karen Berger. Um, and ultimately got to Shelley Bond and I, Shelley Bond um, had taken my work and seen it at one a san diego but it was very fast and it was one of those like yeah 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 this is nice i'll put it in my bag
1: thank you right Mm.
2: um which isn't very satisfying when you you've flown thousands of miles but you know you take what you get and then there was a british convention um maybe a couple of months later where she was at and andy lanning um and the only reason we were talking was because of similar surnames sure right Looking, looking through my work, <laughs> like, this is really good. You should show this to Shelley, and took it to Shelley. Shelley again put it in a bag, and then two days later, phoned me up at home, and said, okay. "We've got this book with Bill Willingham. Do you want to draw some pages for it?"
0: Oh wow! Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I you're second, yeah, you're the second guest who's who's worked with Bill, and the first guest who worked with Bill didn't know that Bill actually was an artist. Um, <laughs>
2: oh well, yeah, I, I love Bill's work. So oh, that yeah,
1: was... yeah, Elementals was Elementals like, was big yeah. in my uh, list. Super exciting,
0: um, super exciting book.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so that's a so that's a really exciting sort of thing to get to get teamed up with somebody who you have this you know early connection with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and then on the strength of how the dreaming job went, I got um, the phone call saying. We'd like you to test for a book with Howard Chaikin. It's set in the 1950s. Um, we think it's dead up your road. And it completely was. And I did that then for three years. Wow. That's great. Oh my gosh. So, that, so I okay. I got taught everything I really needed to know about comics by Howard. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, that's, I, so that's, you know, that's really, I mean, that's, that's a, I think this is a really key kind of, you know, event because you can like, you can do the hustle and you can get the gig like that's that's that in most anything in the world like if you really put your mind to it you can you can
2: get oh yeah sure you just have to be have the right stuff see the right people be there at the right time time Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
2: and but like so then now it's like you
0: you you so also in this lands lands hey there's a chance for you to test now this isn't hey mark we want you to do this book with how you know with howard this is we want you to test for it so now there's pressure on this performance
2: It's not just oh, sort of... my, my test pages were terrible right Absolutely okay awful like yeah. the stuff i'd done with bill Willingham because it was covering it was a part of um the dreaming but it was all set in books
1: mm-hmm. so
2: my my section was all robin hood and it was like i can be barry windsor smith today. <laughs> awesome <laughs> you know so it was it was all you know out with the foliage um you know, yeah yeah Sure really the eyes were just that little bit too close to the nose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, that... and and then the the script arrived, the boards arrived, and I noticed it said Howard shaking on it, and I cracked my pants. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because my hero was the person I was going to be working with.
0: Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's I mean, it... so but then then like so you you actually you know you you, you know you're a pro you did the, you did the work you worked hard and you got you got the gig but like three years of working on a book with with someone like howard but that consistency of three years of doing a book must have been like all that you ever needed like to
2: yeah i mean put- i i don't i don't think i had another big learning spurt again until i worked with gabriel hardman Okay. But, but you know, no one knows storytelling like Gabriel does. So it's uh, with the exception of Howard, I think. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I've just been really lucky in the the teachers I've managed to um, bleed for. for yeah. Yeah. You, you know what they can tell me. What were the? I mean, with Howard, I was working over his layouts to start with. Okay. So i i I did a I did a book for Dark
0: Horse, and I I worked with um, Keith Giffen, and so Keith. Sends you his nine-panel grid, so which is super exciting. You're like, hey, I don't have to think too much, um, but it's a uh, you know, but it's but it is daunting because you know where do where does he end and you begin is was always a kind of a question. So, well,
2: and and it was how it was approached by critics as well. So it was like you know, is he just doing knockoff shaking or um, you know, right, is it right. poor shaking? Is it okay? Check you know you. It was only when Howard halfway through the second year, no, first year, um, stopped doing layouts for me and I was doing them, and uh, we were still getting the um, Howard must be doing these layouts, but you know, boy, he's getting better at doing Howard. <laughs> well, so
0: I mean, was was Howard doing the layouts as sort of sort of his script writing process, or was it a? You know, like, well, let's 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 help the let's help the new guy
2: out. Oh, he's helping the new guy out.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Because oh, cool. uh, you know, I had several really good long um, conversations with him on the phone. When he came over to the UK, he visited, and we we talked over the book and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, he, he, he it was very much like being welcomed into the family, and you know, yeah. don't mess up, kid. <laughs> Did he give you a kiss yeah.
0: on cheeks and? patchy then. (laughs)
2: then? No, well, you know, just like don't make me kick your ass. Yeah. Did he have a suit
0: on? Was he wearing a good suit at the time?
2: Oh yeah, impeccably dressed.
0: I know. I tell you, it's it's (laughs) it's something to strive for. Is 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 the wardrobe. True. Um. So 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 what were the? I mean, what do you think? Like, are the things that like you entered that that period of three years and ended up those three years? Like, what was what were the main sort of learnings and growth in you like what were the things that you said like like you look back and go okay like if i knew these three things like what were they for you
2: it was um page design your art has to serve the story um make sure that you know who's who who's important on the page Mm -hmm. so it's finding you know, who is the story actually about and are the other people who are talking in the panel important or should they be sidelined? you know it's about finding where that sits. Um, good framing um, that's one of the things I really learned from Howard you know and, and treating the page as a stage mm-hmm. and making yeah. sure that action happens left to right as well.
1: Yeah, kind of important. Or,
2: yeah you know, it it it's one of those things I I I it takes a lot for me to do it the other way around. Yeah. It's so ingrained.
0: <laughs> I know I I I yeah I get that that it's it's a super important thing to keep moving the eye in the direction that you you're turning the pages. Like it's yeah. it, you want to keep you want to keep that story clicking in those directions. Um, and then
2: from uh, he used to uh, Howard would send me um Toast clippings and and show me like the the the, oh. the journey through the page and that's very important that I make sure that you know with the page you're showing at the moment where your eye moves you know that is one of those those ones where I'm, this is me being a clever dick like um, Dave Sin would be in Cerebus when he was really showing off so you've got the figures coming in on the left mm-hmm. and being seated on the right yep but you know rather than splitting it into panels it's a whole splash
1: yeah it's
0: beautiful man. No, that's great. I mean, but like, you you, you got to show off, you know, like, yeah. I think that's like, I mean, I think that's, I think that's inherently in, you know, comic book artists is this, this sort of show off kind of factor. I mean, because we, we're all like, you know, in, well, third grade for us is a third year for you in, in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, you're the kid in the class who can draw a little bit better than everyone else. And it's, it's that like, I'll show you how to draw a plane, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a big thing. So we all, and then, you know, you have, you have a wealth of peers, you know, who are all ridiculously talented. And it's a matter of like, you know, it, there's, there's nothing better than getting that, you know, at a boy from what oh, it, yeah. your peers are.
2: Uh, I, I, I got a, a note from Howard about that particular spread Yeah, saying, you know, nothing but nice things. And it, it's just like every so often it's nice to hear from comics dad. know
1: definitely
0: (laughs) well it's you know having having a mentor in whatever you do in your in your chosen you know vocation is so important to have that person who you can check in with you know and you and when you check in with them you realize oh they've been checking up on you (laughs) like they're like hey you know like i'm just i'm i'm not i'm not you're 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 my perfect vision all the time i know what's going on with you you know and you know and they're there for those times and you're just like you think i should take you should do this gig you know and they're like yeah absolutely or "Hmm, you know does is this where you really want to head your career so Mm. um yeah so you you got you got you got very fortunate in that respect
2: oh yeah no i've been nothing but fortunate with people i've worked with and people i know um very early on in my career i got to know duncan for very well and sean (laughs) Fiddler. you know so when you've got those two as mentors and, and friends yeah you know you, you've got a high water margin to um, to work up to especially as i think enigma by duncan is one of the best comics i've ever read
0: it's brilliant
2: and, you know it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's very nice to hear them say nice things about your work but yeah. also when they're, they're telling you that perhaps you could spend less time drawing right yeah <laughs> you know yeah. maybe you should listen
0: yeah he uh he showed up on the radar i think it was like 93 for us um he did the california um, movie oh out.
2: that was so good
0: and i was we were in our studio and my uh my studio made
2: released that was just we got that at the comic shop i was working in at the time as yeah. Black and lights yep I don't think it was ever
0: put out by DC in the end. I don't think they did either. And we and so Eric, my Eric Dozier, uh, my my roommate and studio mate, um, came back. He was doing a lot of work for DC, and he just came home one day and just plunked down on the table. And he's like, "Okay, you know." And like I just thumbed through this thing, and it was just mind blowing. Couldn't figure out how someone was drawing like that at the time because nobody was doing that.
2: No, really? and the, the angles that he chooses and oh my gosh. The, yeah. No, no really... one draws trousers better than he does either. Oh, no,
0: exactly. The man the man is blessed with with great <laughs> trouser skills. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> he was great trainers as well. You know, he the shoes yeah. and, and pants, he's really good at.
0: Yeah, no, there's and and, and also the the, the little speckly things that that are that float in front of your face when you're either high or it got hit in the head
2: yeah
0: <laughs> um, yeah he's he's a master at that as well um yeah So okay so i mean i i love i love the idea of the the you know the sort of the this knowing the subject the compositioning you know and the, you know the framing like all those elements to tell that story like you you learn sort of the boot camp three-year boot camp Obviously you're a slow learner, Um, but uh, it's, so like, what was, so like, are you like, okay, I'm gonna keep going, Were you keep sticking in the Vertigo world? Like what was your sort of like, what was your, did you have an agenda like at that point?
2: I was happy to to stick with working for Vertigo. Unfortunately, my dad got diagnosed with terminal cancer at the time. Mm. So, my work was getting slower and slower, and I ended up having to quit the book. Okay. So I then yeah. went and taught because I could do that and look after my dad at the same time at university teaching illustration. And then again, it just got to that point where people kept on, who I was working with, kept on saying, why aren't you working in freelance anymore? You know, you're too good to, to be, you know, teaching this rabble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and i I love teaching you know i I ran a a course for six years at a university and i loved doing it didn't like any of the politics didn't like being a manager but i liked designing the course and teaching Mm -hmm. um and then i got an email from somebody saying would you like to do a digital graphic novel and the pay was good and it was like yeah sure i'll do that and that went out on the comicsology platform. I think somebody from Boom then saw that, and I started. I got asked to do a book with Gary Phillips, which is another crime book, and that was right in my wheelhouse at the time. Mm, cool. And then from that, I did um, Planet of the Apes with Gabriel, and I haven't stopped working since. Oh wow! You know, literally, literally, haven't had time off since then. So, <laughs> what was that? Two thousand and twelve.
0: Wow so it's just been nonstop. yeah that's that's yeah that's uh well i mean you know what i mean it's interesting i think like it's, i don't know like i think it's like kind of like we almost have to stop doing things that we really want to do to be able to gain some sense of perspective or rekindling some sort of passion or understanding as to why we why we're motivated to do them for sure
2: after three years on american century i was losing some of my love for for comics at the time Mm -hmm. um and and it was little things like um i was they were printing directly from my my pencils at the end and i wasn't really being paid any more than i was for doing pencils Mm -hmm. because you know what you've done is you've just penciled it well right You Know and it was just and I was being paid well because it was DC, Mm -hmm. but you just kind of felt you know maybe I should be being paid the inking rate as well, yeah, yeah, since it's finished work, sure. And we, I mean, it was was, you know little things like you know, one, I was uh, overtired, I was burning out, and I was getting a bit disgruntled with the business,
1: yeah.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's that, that, I think that probably is pretty common. I mean cuz unfortunately most of the time comic book artists are not paid, you know, yeah. something that keeps them completely cuz I mean, you know, we we lost a, and lost whatever a lot of comic book artists of sort of the the 90s generation disappeared because they were poached by animation studios and video game companies because they had all these great skill sets and abilities but the money was way better um yeah. so they were like oh, peace out and they just did covers and we lost a lot of like amazing interior artists because there just wasn't the, the dollar there for them um it sounds horrible but that's what it was
2: yeah oh for sure i mean i i, I don't think we'll ever see the days of the early 90s the image with the amount that people were paid for a book right ever again. yeah and and
0: you know and there were some amazing people doing some amazing work you know i mean like I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, like Aaron Weisenfeld sort of had this little brief window of amazingness, and then oh yeah,
2: absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, and uh, I tracked him down, um, and he's doing these beautiful paintings now. There and nothing like you would
2: expect. Yes, I think, yeah, I've I've I've, I've six found them. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic.
0: Yeah, and That's I said, true. hey, you want to come on? He's like, It's like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about my comic book history anymore. Like, I'm <clears> like, <throat> okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs>
2: It's it's like Travis Charris, you know. He doesn't have to work, so he doesn't really. I I guess is is the way it is with 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 him now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and you know, we were fortunate. Yeah, dude, Travis is insanely talented. Just beautiful work, Um, and just it was a showcase. Every time he sat down and did something, it was a showcase, and we all kind of benefited from it. so, so I mean, I guess in this in that period, I mean, so was it around? Was it the mid teens that you switched over to digital?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, you you put away your favorite brush and said farewell.
2: Well, I, you know, I still have the board in the the studio, and I still have the brushes, and it, yeah, you, you know, commissions are still done like that. Um, and I keep on thinking that I ought to do splash, pe- especially when I was working on all the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. But I maybe should have done the five most sexy pages on um, the, the real, then I can sell them, you know? But um, time never allows for that.
1: All right. Oh, that's so good, dude. Yeah. It's...
2: <laughs> that's that's far too many years of watching Star
0: Wars. That's... <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I go back to that 12 year old, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's it, this stuff is like just kind of. Locked into our little brains. Get um, mm-hmm. to this one, Han and Chewie. Yeah, Um I mean, even you know, even with the pre, with the, uh, the the not the whatever the, the most recent Star Wars movies, you know that that whole Han and Chewbacca on the ship, like it's so exciting. Like, oh my oh. God, there's Han and there's Chewbacca, and they're on the Millennium Falcon again. Like,
2: oh, tears for shit. You know, it was, it was nine. Woo-hoo.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, so, have you like? So, here's a question I'm very curious about. Because, um, do you have you do you write your own stuff anymore?
2: Are, are you writing your own? Have you? No, I I I've never considered myself a strong enough writer uh-huh. to write. And one the other thing is I'm dyslexic, so if, again you you find the actual physical physical thing of doing the writing, mm-hmm. right it isn't the easiest thing for me to do okay um i i, I do have ideas but i tend, tend to try and find a partner mm-hmm. on stuff like that like when i was self publishing in the uh, in mid 90s um that was co-written okay so um you know or at least co-plotted so right. yeah you know, that's, that's how i worked on that but well i i just don't think i i I think I can I can tell a good story with pictures. I think other people are better with the words.
0: Well, that, no, that I mean that's that's curious. It's really curious, Mark, because like I wonder if, like I think I had mild dyslexia as a kid. I I think that like because I I can remember things being a little twisty um, when it came to words, and but I wonder like I wonder what the percent like the percentage of like visual artists who had some form of dyslexia because it was easier to kind of negotiate the world in a visual manner rather than a. a, a I, I
2: think it's very common, um, especially yeah. from, from teaching. Uh, I would say 30% of my students had um, learning difficulties in terms of, of writing.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, so it was always fun sort of being able to take them to one side. And go, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it, cause it's,
0: it's curious. Cause I mean, like we talk about it often about like it, the writing process with artist writers, you know, on the show and predominantly, I mean, and Phil's one of the predominant group is that the writing gets done through thumbnails and layouts, like yeah. you're, you're drawing your story out. Um, like you have the idea of what the story is in your head, but then you're tr- kind of drawing it out in a very rudimentary fashion and then putting it down on paper in some
1: written fashion to support it usually just scrawling like next draw, drawing little balloons right in the in the thumbnail <laughs> <laughs> and like an arrow to the side if it's you know and it's kind uh, of like I mean that's sort of like um you know
0: sort of like forensic deconstruction of storytelling if you think about it because I mean i I absolutely wrote you know sort of stories that way you know in you know early on but i think that's like i for me i think it was like a deconstruction like okay well how do i take this visual picture that i have in my head of how the story should go and how do i put that into words and like i and i i don't know if i did this but i'm i'm trying to think like my first written project for marvel i probably may have done that i may have drawn all the you know the, the sort of the pages out and then translated it into english <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um because yeah, i i, I I don't know if I'd had the sort of the confidence to sit down at a word processor and just you know, start typing away to put the words down.
2: See, I don't know how you do comics without the drawing.
0: Well, I I wrote. A, I mean, the script that I I wrote a script this last year for for these for our our show, and like I but I, I transitioned into writing prose a few years ago, so right. I'm not. I'm not adverse to sitting and writing lots of words, um, but it is different. Like you do have to kind of think versus just kind of kind of gut instinct kind of thing. And rather than yeah, it, it, it's a different process. Um, but yeah, no, I, I it's I, I mean it, to me it's fascinating how our minds kind of tell stories um, and where we come into these stories um, because the ultimate goal is how do we communicate the story? So, and at the end, I don't think you can truly tell if the artist slash writer drew it through thumbnails and did, you know, and and then finished it or wrote a script and finished it. Like, I don't think we could at the end say like, oh, totally, you know. Um, Well, Liam Moore
2: was telling me that Alan Moore always draws his script. Really? Yeah. So he's he has a comic book that he's already drawn, same with Grant Morrison.
1: Interesting. Oh, I did not know that. That's really interesting, huh? Let's find know. those. But they've yeah, they've never
0: shown this stuff. Like I don't think I've ever seen anything that shows that.
2: No, I've I've never seen any of Alan Moore's stuff like that, except for the stuff he did for newspapers and. and- right. Imagine
0: if he was amazing. I <laughs> think was
2: better it's than It's a underground kind of style but it's it's, it's good.
1: Yeah. He's
2: you know, he's up there with somebody like Ed Pisker. you know, it's that kind of style. Sure.
1: Right. Huh. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's pretty cool. I love that. And Grant Morrison's stuff is is what I would call um the kid at school who thought he was really good at superhero drawing. you know it's almost there but not quite you
0: know yeah right oh yeah but he had all like three or four muscles going down the side of the arms like that is
2: tough absolutely boss
0: remember that when you were a kid you would just kind of go lump 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 yep (laughs) you
2: just like like, I've, i've got books of conan that are like that
0: yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> that you bought or that you drew
2: that i drew okay yeah. and it was then seeing this um the um cross giant's daughter with barry smith doing the artwork making i'm doing this all wrong <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you know it's funny because like it's funny i mean most superheroes are you know wearing tight clothing but because conan just is wearing a loincloth yeah. for some reason our minds like that's the body like, yeah <laughs> it was, it was like figure drawing class. But Superman's got clothes on, right? Yeah, he's got clothes. You know, <laughs> oh, Batman, clothes, all that stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a story that Barry Winston Smith told about when he was at art college, and he was drawing away in, in um, a life drawing class. And the teacher came up behind him and said, what the heck do you think you're doing? And apparently he put him in spandex with a cloak and big gloves. <laughs> uh, and he hadn't been thinking. He was just, you know, drawing away.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Huh. I love
2: that. Yeah. It, it,
1: interesting to think, like if you're the teacher who like chastised Barry. Barry Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, one of my, one of my biggest uh, losses in, in college was a Barry Windsor Smith uh, lithograph print that I don't know if you chipped in, but Alex, but like a bunch of my friends chipped in and got for me on my 21st birthday. I'm going to say well, I did. I'm going to take. We're think all, about... all in school together. Mm-hmm. 21st birthday. So of course that's when it's legal here in the states. So do it while drinking or whatever. I left it in the cab no. on the way back to my dorm room. It's beautiful no. black and white Conan. It had to be two feet square. I want and my twenty. I want my twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I want interest on that. Though. Left it in the cab. It still pains me to this day. That's why we
2: do that with pairs of glasses.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'd have them, glasses. Ooh, they're expensive. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, it's, it's not something you try to do.
0: No, no. So yeah. let's make your childhood dreams come true, Mark. You went, you went to Marvel.
2: Yes. Um, that was. A, I'd always assumed that Marvel would never employ me once I start because of working at DC and the sort right. of style books I'd done. I did, um, over at Dynamite, a book called King's Watch, which was all of the um, King features um, heroes. So you've got Mandrake, the Phantom, um, Flash Gordon, all of those. that was great fun. So at last had something that I could put under the nose of Marvel and then understand, Mm -hmm. you know, without going, well, you know, can you do this book? Can we have Spider-Man in it? Right, right. right. Yeah, you know, you know, pictures of people smiling, which is something you forget that Marvel like. Yes. You know? So not everybody's like having a bad day. <laughs> um, and I happened to arrange a, a portfolio review at the Thought Bubble convention. Um, and I was. This is when I, I was still. I was working professionally at the time, so but it, I think it's the only way I was going to get in front of CB Sabowski. Mm-hmm. And have twenty minutes with him, and within two pages of going through my portfolio, he was like, "Why aren't you working for us?" Right. And great it was question. On of, I didn't <laughs> think you'd want me, but I was. I have a look, and uh, I then went from. I think three months later, I was working on the Fantastic Four and the Invaders.
0: You posted. You posted that great. Um, piece today on Twitter or somebody posted that great piece on yeah. Twitter, your 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 FF piece. And it it it's such a great fit. Like it's like it's like, yeah, duh, why would he not be drawing the fantastic?
2: Yeah, I was a swing artist with um uh, Leonard Kirk on that. So it was like you had somebody really, really good that you had to live up to every
0: yeah. other
2: night.
0: Yeah. That's such I mean it's that's, that's like that's like one of those like it's funny because like that book for so long didn't get it. sort of its it's Props, you know, for years, just yeah. kind of like whatever. Fantastic for <laughs> I think ever since John John Byrne left, in the oh, 80s, and
2: his run was so good.
0: Yeah, and they were. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's one of the you know best runs ever. And but it's just like God. That's the that's like the like to me that's like the the marquee book to be uh, to get in that in that company.
2: And I had the best luck because it was written by James Robinson. Who I know
0: what a what a crappy writer.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean if, if anybody understands old superheroes yep, and how they should be treated,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Oh, Paul Smith. Yeah. We're, I'm throwing I'm throwing out the names of, of guys like yeah, there's a guy from our from our Ute. Oh God. Mm-hmm.
2: It, 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 absolutely fantastic. That those X-Men comics. Some of the best. Some of the best, absolutely.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. Leave it to Chance is fantastic.
0: I know. It's so good. <laughs> um,
2: well, okay, so, so, I
0: mean, you, so, I mean, so, I mean, did the kid and you just be like, yes, like
2: well, got- yeah, I got within my the first job, I had to draw Captain America on a page, and it was like, Welcome home.
1: Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, wow, that's yeah, pretty so cool. So,
2: it, it doing the invaders was great because it was Namor, um, obviously, um. Captain America, Bucky, and all the other associated characters, and just you know, like with the Fantastic Four, you you couldn't ask for a better thing for, for somebody of my age to want to draw.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Was Union Union Jack in that crew?
2: Yeah, I didn't yeah. get to draw him until later on when I got brought in to do a bookend on an issue which. P Craig Russell, who's another big hero with with writing yeah. and, and penciling yeah. and Barry Gitson was doing the inking and yeah. they needed somebody to do um, a whole section, which was the invaders fighting the Martian war machines from War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. And then I had got to redesign and bring back um, Killraven to the Marvel universe. And Damn. that was a oh. huge thrill. And um, p craig russell inked my the, the last page which is the splash of p of um killray from coming back damn okay. so this so it, it's a, oh wow I wet myself that day that's you know? like you know, I, would, wow. I, would, I would so
0: so this, this is interesting so um my mentor uh it is was whatever michael golden and yeah. we when we were when i was really young and you know trying to break into business he, we were talking about that um, and he's like, I did he, for him, he said, I didn't know what I was supposed to make comic book sort of drawing look like until Craig inked him on one of those early Batman stories. And he's like, that's when I really understood like this sort of how much was needed to be put, you know, to be put down for reproduction. And, uh, so yeah. So Craig Russell is like, that guy's like a built, he's like, he's, he's like, he God tier. Well, it's it's all it's <laughs> also like it's all so purposeful. Like all his all his, everything he places on the page is so intentional. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and, it's, well, it's well researched, it's well drawn, it's yeah. just, you know just he, uh, of, his Elric stuff was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I could wax lyrical about how much I love his work. Love oh yeah. Works. I mean I would I remember tracking
0: like in, in you know in art college tracking down all that Elric stuff in the magazine, you know, formats. Cause I'm like, I got to find it. Cause it hadn't been like, it was expensive to get the bu- the books that they had, yeah. Yeah. they had printed because they were out of print and you had to find expensive copies. So I would go to all the comic shops and just rummage through to see if I could find these tattered copies. But I didn't care. I just wanted to look at the artwork. Yeah. Um, yeah One
2: with Michael Gilbert, I, I would make the effort to go into London to Forbidden Planet and have to have those along with you know Cerebus mm-hmm. and flag.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it was yeah. So I mean the fact that he inked your stuff is ridiculously cool, man. That is
2: Yeah, well I'm, just having him email me was, <laughs> was enough, you know? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's I mean he's he's I mean he is you know, there's that group of artists from the seventies that laid this sort of visual and mental foundation for those coming after to say, okay, well, this is, this is what we can do. Like we can really kind of ha- change how this all this looks. It doesn't have to be what it was for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Um That's beautiful stuff. So that's, that's fantastic. Um I have to show these because these are ridiculously cool. Sorry.
2: Oh, the James Bond covers. Uh, that was a great series to work on. That was with Greg Pack.
0: Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: We only did three issues, but it was great to do.
0: They, they're they're so cool. The, uh, oh, then the new the Star Trek one has another sort of very graphic.
2: Oh yeah, that, that's a that's a, a an Al Parker um, pastiche, but yeah, uh, It's been you know, lots of fun and one my, my favorite episode of Star Trek as well. So
0: yeah, is, oh really? Okay, that's your favorite. That's cool. Yeah, I I introduced my wife to star trek um somewhere in the early 2000s and so she like she bought like the box set that came in those kind of three colored plastic each for each season the red one the blue you know the yellow one and the blue one and she when we got to the the final sort of end of thing she wouldn't like continue to watch them like she just slowed the, the car down so much I don't think she's actually seen the last episode of the original series because right. like, I think in her heart she didn't want it to end, um, which I think is just this most beautiful sort of tribute well,
2: to. Just tell her she's got the animated series to watch, which is just That's as right. good.
0: It is good. I remember, I, man, I had all those comic books. The the what the was the gold, gold key? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, That was, yeah. again, one that I managed to get uh-huh. on import mm-hmm. it went, whenever I went on on holiday. The, the news agent where we used to go and stay had them. And I got, I think the first time they reprinted number one, which I think is something like number 14 or so of, of that series, mm-hmm. I, I picked that up. And that's one of my, that's definitely straight in my DNA about how I, I think comics should look. Yeah. I can't think who it was, it drew it because they, they weren't credited. Yeah, I, it, I, I have it was either a Spanish or a, an artist from the Philippines, I think. And were they, did, because I had, I had all those books, the actual
0: novels that were written by all these sort of the script writers that they took all the scripts and they turned them into novelizations from the series. You know, once it got canceled, they're like, we've got all this sort of backlog. Um, like, you know, so Alan Dean Foster wrote all these kind of books early on. And mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if the not the the comic book stuff, a lot of that stuff was based off of that.
2: Oh, it could could well have been. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love the fact that the artists obviously never seen the show. (laughs) Yeah, because um, you'd have fire coming out of the back of the Enterprise. Oh yeah,
0: (laughs) burning its way through space. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, You know, beautiful pages.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I remember that was one of the I had the sort of the collected edition. Of those of, of those comics, a couple of those, and I remember bringing those to school um, and having the teacher take them away from me, and then you know back to me at the end
1: of the day because I didn't. The <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, algebra book, Star Trek. Oh, I- <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, Swamp Thing and Man Thing and Master of Kung Fu were always the ones that were getting taken off me at school. Yeah, <laughs> reading those awful horror comics again.
0: <laughs> well so that's interesting so so Master of Kung Fu great that was a great comic um, and there was that point when they sort of kind of James Bonded
2: you know yeah. the that, character. I really was digging
0: yeah and so and then he went off the they went like I don't know how long I mean but a huge chunk took place in London of that of that yeah. series so how did that like I mean that must have been
2: kind well, of cool yeah it was cool but it looked nothing like London no, it looked just like London to me. Yeah, <laughs> had Big Ben there. That's and all we need to see. I mean, what we yeah, and all the fog. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. do you don't have to draw backgrounds. Come on, Mark. Think, exactly. think. <laughs> but you know, again, great stuff in that. You know, you had the Mike Zeck and um, Gene, Gene Day Gene stuff ben. was wonderful. Yeah.
0: That that really that that book was super. It's funny, like, I mean, as much as I go like, oh, I love comic books and superheroes, yada, 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 like the comics that really stuck with me as a kid were like, you know, Black Panther, Master of Kung Fu, the Micronauts, like... Oh, that
2: first issue of Micronauts is one of the best comics ever. It is. It is. I love is. those books. That's it, better than Star Wars, that first one. It, well, it, it's funny because, you know, like, Star Trek,
0: you know, Star Trek introduced me to science fiction, Star Wars you know, sort of sh- blew my mind and shot me into space. And then, like, the Micronauts was like, oh, no, this is what I want. I want this. Yeah. this, this <laughs> it, was, it was everything. And then I could play with my toys
1: and make yeah. them do the same thing.
2: Yeah. It was genius. Yeah, I never got the toys, but I did have the comics. So that, that oh was Oh, my good. God.
1: I had, a, I had a ton of them. Yeah. That,
2: yeah they, like... they, they were really sparsely um, distributed in in the UK. Oh, yeah. God. And it was only... Um, you get the um time was it the time traveler figure yep right and um oh I'm not acro year what's what was the other robot called oh uh
0: there's biotron and um Biotron oh, yeah. was all one the and tall m- one. Was, not that one but the other one and the little short one something starts with an m
2: yeah that, that was the one that you could get everywhere
0: marvin yeah, yeah marvin yeah. <laughs> 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 um, that's from
1: hitchhikers guys
0: minute <laughs> Microtron. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Microtron. Look at He pulled it out. I know. Still got something the up there. It's, I got useless information up here.
2: Yeah, well, I, okay. I that's, remember, that's what we need. I, yeah. I remember going to friends' houses and them having them. Yeah. But it was always like four time travelers and, and a microtron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> three microtrons, four time travelers. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly the most fun game to play. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, I, and, and unfortunately, none of them were exactly the characters from the comics. So you're like, you're like, I I so I hybridized all of mine. Yeah, the little magnet things had to work, you know. Yeah, I took I I would cut um plexiglass pieces and painted them, and I made a Croyers like helmet, so the, the, with the big sort of wings on the head. So I modified all that stuff and made like the space glider wings look like the space glider wings. Yeah, because I was like, I'm like this doesn't look like what I wanted to look like. So I
2: remember just yeah, cutting, Michael Golden made those toys look so cool.
0: Yeah, no, there was
2: they. They, like, they should have hired him to design the toys.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, so when you had Kim on the other day, getting excited about drawing the covers for um, for Micronauts, you know, when when I had a commission come up recently doing the same thing, it it was just like getting to draw Karza, you know? It's, a, it's oh, great. Yeah, I mean, like Karza was like
0: this the the, the more badass looking version of Darth Vader. Darth Vader,
2: yeah, right. absolutely, certainly more scary.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. That, sure. like, that chain, that scale mail kind of thing in the back of the helmet. Like, yeah, he was Ooh. he was rough. It was that. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, so,
1: what's what's coming down the road for you? Do you have?
2: Well, a, I'm working on two books he, that haven't been announced yet. I was going to say I, he's going to say book. he
1: can't talk about it yet. He's no, well, say
2: I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk <laughs> as much as I can. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing. Um, and oh, I'm going to show you something, but it might be it or might not be it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be Star Wars. I mean, it's, it'd be it'd be Star, Star, Wars. Star Wars. I have done some Star Wars recently. I did some covers recently. Um, but it, it's a book. It's a big graphic novel for humanoids. So it's Euro, Euro and um, U.S. It's going out under. So I've moved into the marketplace I want to be in.
1: Yay. Great
2: so big format books awesome looking nice because that's the size comic books should be yes you know having you know i I failed to mention that you know i was brought up on tintin and asterix and valerian and stuff like that too so um the reason i learned french was so i could read my uncle's asterix Mm. books because i was damned if there was going to be a comic in the house
1: <laughs> that's
2: awesome. <laughs> I was that kind of kid, kid, you know. It was like dyslexia be damned, you know. Isn't oh, it I good to learn French?
0: <laughs> too bad there were no Japanese comics in the house. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, it would have been really useful. Yes, yeah, so uh... it's um, a sci fi graphic novel that I'm doing with Christopher Sabella. I think I, yeah, there's some of the, the pages. Oh. oh, are they? I don't know. I mean, yeah. well, me, there might not be. It might not be yeah. and as well as that i'm doing a spy book with nate cosby which again we've, we've got a french publisher for and i think we're going to kickstart it in the us oh very cool um and then look for another publisher once we've done that right um, so, wow. and and that's um a book we've been trying to do since 2012, when we first actually, uh, one of the first conventions I did was Thought Bubble in the UK in 2012, when I, I came back to comics. And one of the um, editor in chief from um, Delcor was w- wandering around and this tall French guy is looking through my portfolio and he was like, I'll buy this. And I thought, he wants to buy the artwork. Well, I can't sell him the artwork yet. We haven't, haven't scanned it. for, for publication <laughs> yet. And, then, and then he was like, um, uh, I'll buy this, which was a, a book I was doing as a fill-in on an image book.
1: It'd be like dollar uh, signs. And he
2: wanted to buy <laughs> – what he meant was he wanted to buy the rights to print like... those books, oh. almost, almost everything in my portfolio.
1: Oh, my God. Wow.
2: So it was um, – yeah, once we, we got past the language barrier of, <laughs> of what he was actually meaning, because I was thinking, I can't sell you this. Right. And I certainly couldn't sell him the um, image stuff because that was owned by somebody else. But um, mm. that's amazing. So, but, you know, so th- this book, it, we've been sitting there. Every time it looked like we would have a chance to do it, another book came up, like um, the King's Watch book with Jeff Parker. And, Nate phoned me up and said, "I'm going to hate myself for doing this, but you can't turn this book down. Jeff wants to work with you, and you'll want to draw this book. And it's Flash Phantom, mm. and Mandrake and Right, right. And we're going to put our book on hold for the moment. And and then it was put on hold for almost ten years. So it's a...
1: <laughs> that was well, also the last time you had a, a day off. You said earlier, yeah, <laughs> You're about due for so, a vacation, my friend.
0: Is the, I mean, so, I mean, you know, we, we, we struggled through a Kickstarter campaign last year, you know, um, and, um, how did you find it? It's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of work. Um, we, I panicked a little bit. He felt, felt panic. He, he like, <laughs> if, if, if we ever get captured and people need to get valuable information, if we have any valuable
1: information, <laughs>
0: Don't bother going after me or Gary. (laughs) get Phil. He'll crack. He'll tell you everything you need to know. (laughs) Just flash the Kickstarter logo at him a few times. (laughs) Flash in a black room and just keep flashing it. He'll break. It'll be fine. (laughs) And with a countdown clock. So, (laughs) um, and so, but we we learned a ton. Um, There was definitely we we got to speak with some great people who do some amazing work on Kickstarter and are really successful. Um, and one of their quotes to us was like, you did, You guys did everything the opposite of what like the sort of the playbook of Kickstarter is, which I think was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but that being said, we uh, we're pretty we're going to have to do it again because we wrote a story which has more than one chapter. So we have to do more of them. Right. And um, but we're going to do we're going to have a, a private symposium um, with some really, really. A-list. Um, Kickstarter people, and so we're going to get a lot of, a lot of learnings, which we will be sharing with people. So like, we're not going to be hoarding this information, but I think there's a lot to be learned and I think everybody should have sort of some, some understanding of what they should be sort of thinking about when they enter into it. Um, but that being said, Mark, um, it must change the approach for you of saying, Hey, I'm going to do a independent comic on my own because there's this there's ability now to actually directly get this funded and get it to the people who want the comic
2: well, absolutely I, I, as much as i liked work for hire i love those characters more than they love me yeah um, you know in in terms of, of yeah of of everything from from how it's published um through to the amount you get paid right and, I think it's important to own what you do. Mm-hmm.
0: You
2: yeah. know, I think that you're kind of, I think you, you need to do the boot camp of, of getting your name out there. But as soon as you do have an audience, you should be exploiting it differently.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
2: Because you know, I'd much rather have stuff that um, I can choose whether or not I publish it again. Mm-hmm because yeah, sure. the american century stuff like i said it's three years work that's hasn't been republished since the first lot like, of trades came out
0: yeah and vertigo's non-existent so what yeah. are we like yeah. what, like what like it's like marvel with epic you know like they have they have possibly one of the greatest imprint names in comics history yeah and have we seen anything from epic in the last 25 years 20 years no nope so I think, you know, what's interesting is that, like, the, you know, the model used to be work for DC, go work for Marvel, make DC jealous, go back to DC. Make it hard, right? yeah. and, and that was kind of the the kind of the way to go. But now I think the model, it seems to be steering towards work for the work for the majors or do an independent thing. Then go work for the other thing and do the thing and, and keep reversing it, because I think it's the only way that Marvel or DC are going to maintain any sort of relevancy is by getting people who are doing independent books that are successful out there to whatever degree of success. Um, And it also like, like, listen, like, as you said, you love the characters more than they love you. And sometimes you've got to go on the date with a cheerleader who's just not really caring. Yeah. You know, that you're there, but just wants to go out. So fine, you know, you do, you, you, you take the hit and you go out with the beautiful, you know, person. Um, but I think that's like, I think that's just the way that we have to do this now uh, as creators is to kind of like speak to whatever audience you have as closely as possible, but then shout at a larger audience, you know, different, different things. So, um, I think it's, I mean, I listen, I think the whole, direct to, direct to, you know, reader thing is brilliant. Yeah, um, it's encouraging. It's getting bigger,
2: and, yeah. I, and I don't see it getting in the way of comic shops either. I think that oh. I think that you know the secondary, you know that what one is one thing for one set of readers, and the comic yeah. shop is there for somewhere else. As is the bookstore again for another set of readers.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. I mean, because like there's there's a, there's lots of people who read comic books who've never stepped into the comic book store. Yeah, and, and, and
2: yeah. I think that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, right. And and listen, our generation, as you said, I mean, you, you we did not get our first comics in comic book stores or bookstores. We got yeah. them, you know, you know, you got them at a news agent. We got those at the, the seven eleven rack. Yeah, just on the spinner rack. So I mean, I think it's like wherever you can get this stuff, that's where you get it. And that's fine. Um, but think I think they can also coexist. I think you can you can do a Kickstarter and do pre-orders with retailers, and pre- they can buy the comics, sure. and they all arrive at the same time. Nobody beats anybody to the market. Mm. Um, I don't. know. I, I think
2: I, it's, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't offer it through Diamond or whoever your distributor is. You know, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, or, or
2: then secondary sell it on. Sell it on the the rights to publish for x amount of years or one sure. imprint. Through right. somebody like Dark Horse, or yep, you know, it's it's
0: it's all doable. What do you? What do? You, I, one thing I've noticed, and it's interesting, is that I I've noticed that there's a lot of people making. There's more people making comics now than never before. Yeah, um, and you know, listen, there's this. We we've seen billions and billions of dollars being made in the last decade on comic book properties and television and film, and there's a lot of people getting in the industry because they see this as a stepping stone for their movie or television career and good luck to them. And I think that's great if it happens, but there's a lot of people who are not comic book people, you know, in the, in the industry.
2: They disappear, though. Well, I guess the, what I'm, what I, what I, what is the I'm curiosity think, I think of one case in particular that I won't mention, but um, <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not, we're not diming anybody out yeah. here.
2: No, but it's, but my thought is that the, there's,
0: I, we had spoken to somebody and we said like well what do you think about the idea like the value of the comic book because if you're offering issue one on demand in perpetuity where's the value of that comic in a period of time it doesn't
2: oh, what you mean in terms of the secondary back issue market?
0: Right. It just kind of dis, it just kind of Yeah,
2: I, I think that ends with the death of superman yeah you know, if we're realistic mm-hmm. about the amount of comics that was were produced and sold, mm-hmm. that comic will never be rare.
1: Right. No.
2: You know, anything that sold over a million that isn't Action One, right, um, is is not is not an investment for anybody.
0: Right. Yeah. No. I guess, you know, the-
2: and I can remember sitting there, uh, this is, and this would be 1990 in the comic shop I worked in after of the college. And there'll be people talking about, you know, the McFarlane Spider Man one and about how much that will be worth in years. And i like, they've just printed 4 million of them. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right.
2: You know, I can pick up this copy of Iron Fist 14. Right. There's probably only 100,000 of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were rolled up and put in a kid's back pocket. And he wrote back home and, and read right. it and, and threw it around the room.
0: <laughs> not a one. Not a single one was bought at the time and put into a poly bag with a board.
2: Yeah. not one, except for by Phil sealing
0: Okay, right. So, yeah. so the, the <laughs> one prognosticator. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It, I mean, it is. It is a. It is a curiosity. We had Dan Didio on the show uh, a year or so ago, and um, he he his he's like he's like I'm the one who got to tell um, Todd that he was a millionaire. Like that was his like. He, like, what a strange I- event. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bizarre. Um, so cool. So, oh, wait, let me get the thing going. So uh, folks can find you at monkey underscore Mark on Twitter or monkey Mark on Instagram. And then Mark Lamming, all one word, dot com. Yep. Um, it's really, I, I'm, I'm psyched. I really, listen, spy stuff, science fiction, I'm in only totally. yeah,
2: yeah like, i mean I can, I can guarantee the stories are good
0: yeah I mean it's, the it's artwork might be a bit but well, you know, I mean listen you know we 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 give you a little latitude you know because of your problems yeah um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um but yeah it's I can't wait so what uh when do you think the humanoid stuff will be I'm in- hoping
2: to have it wrapped in the next two months
0: oh fantastic um, oh that's good
2: it will then depend where it fits on on their release schedule.
1: Right. I mean, obviously, right. obviously
2: with the paper shortage and COVID, mm-hmm. uh, these things are not that easy at the moment. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Okay. Right. Well, um, but I'm ho- hoping to have some product out this year. You know, that <laughs> isn't like a Star Wars cover or or something I did for a Kickstarter for somebody.
0: Right.
2: You know, well, which was last year. You know. Well, right. we'll
0: have to. We'll just keep. We'll keep track of you on Twitter.
2: That's the easiest way to find you. Yeah, I, think so. I mean, I basically post a lot to make sure I know I'm alive. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're, you're,
0: you're, you're solid. I, I I can always I can always go like, oh, he's he's busy, and retweeting. You're always retweeting. Good for you. Oh yeah, That's how you do it.
2: do it? Why do people not do that?
0: That's how you do I, it. I don't know. I I try to retweet as much as you possible. Like
2: something you retweet it. It's yeah. easy.
0: Yeah, give a little love. I don't know, yeah. man. Free. Exactly. not anything. What if there's like a score? Like maybe if you could, maybe Twitter could gamify the retweet process. You know, then people would be encouraged to retweet. I don't that know.
2: Would work. That would work.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody out there in Silicon Valley who could figure that out. Um, not me.
2: I'm sure they might. There's, um if they if they continued the myth that Neil Gaiman tried to. Um, Put forward at one point that when you got to a million followers, there was a new place on Twitter you could go. Oh, like that was just the best bit of trolling ever! Wow, Wow. best Twitter. I've just got to a million, and there's a new room you should see
1: it. Oh my god, (laughs) Twitter, I love it. Uh, Genius, the The man's a genius, he is the best man. Evil genius, bless him. All right, Felipe, you ready? I think so. It's been okay. a while. I'm <clears throat> ready. Mark's ready. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for joining us. It's really great it's having great you. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Uh, everybody, please like and subscribe. Please share the video where you can and uh, hit that notification bell uh, so you don't miss an
2: episode. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Ciao,
1: ciao. Peace.